2: Jumping coming on! Welcome back to the State Side Podcast. My name is James Ian MacMillan. in the dark, dark corner, jerking off. Is Andrew Carrion? I jacked it off. You jacked it off. <laughs> <laughs> to the lefty Lucy of me is Josh Northcott. What's up, Josh? High five. For those who don't know, Josh is a real motherfucker. (laughs) Real-ass man. He's a real-ass man. Uh, I'm going to close the door. Andrew is the man, but Josh is also the man, and we grew up with Josh. How long have I known you, Josh? Since Mm. fifth grade,
1: technically? Um, I'm terrible with math, so let's look at that. That would be... (laughs) I I think we've known each other for 20 years. 20 plus for sure yeah at least 20, maybe I mean, 22 years we've known i've fifth known great so that was since. like what
0: 94 <sighs> yeah you moved here in 94 right here's how it doesn't I matter. Really matter but no how, i how know long, that 94
2: long? is what you you do the year and then it's uh one number above that is the grade does that make sense like 94 is fifth grade also I'd like 95 to say. is sixth grade for us not for you because you're one year older um, but
1: here's here's how you would figure it out I think is how many years do you think you knew me before I started driving
2: um the has gotta be at least you mean are you saying 15 or 16
1: yeah well no I mean like we
2: knew each other when I mean you I, lived at the house I was probably 10 when you met me yeah okay so we know each maybe other, like 11 20, 20 11 at the oldest we'll yeah. say 24 years 25 years I'll be 35 it's a long in July, fucking so time do the math it's a long goddamn time. Uh, but yet, not only is Josh our dear, dear friend, but Josh Northcutt has played drums for a coon's age, as they say. <laughs> I think that's a racist expression. I'm not sure. It sounds, not, sounds pretty bad.
1: Hot, hot topic. Yeah, based on the same math, we'll say maybe 20 to
2: 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Josh is back to the topic from seven hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. <laughs> Um yeah, so Josh used to drum in a band called the Clarity Process, which is a legendary North Northwest Oregon band. You know what? A well, national band. I'll go ahead and say a national band. Post hardcore baby. We had some recognition
1: baby. across the
2: states, yeah. That's right. How long were you in the band? I was like a six
1: year band, I'd say.
3: Wait, it had that? its own
1: it had like variations of members and different names, but um so probably all together, you know, seven, eight seven years seven eight years and you were the only drummer yes yes yes.
2: by the way so that band had uh, so who was Steve Cook you Jeff Miller Zach Hutchings Chris Crummit for a time Nate Abner for a time yeah bunch of heavy hitters big dick swinging motherfuckers
1: yeah and any version of the band before that that had other people um, was not Clarity Process
2: oh that's right when it was just
1: there was something that we did with Scott Ye- Preston and then um, bass player
2: Gabe from Fade Out. But then, then there was just you and Steve and Zach or something from that. That's right? the start of Clarity Process. Right when you guys covered Bjork's um, "Army of Me." Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I remember you guys playing that at a house party. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, yep. that was Zach playing. <laughs> Zach was just playing bass.
1: Bass, and then Steve was singing and guitar, and then we ended up getting Jeff. To join and take over bass duties. And then that's when Zach switched to guitar. And that's when that band became that band.
2: Yeah. Signed to Rise Records. And um, like Josh said, they toured all around the country. I mean, you guys toured a lot back in the day. Toured a lot. A lot, a lot. And you did long runs, too. Oh, yeah. God, I remember that. You would just disappear in a van. <laughs> Let's see, Josh, a month and a half later.
1: I mean, it's like one of those things to look at it. and it's so crazy. It's, you know, too, you know sometimes too... Two plus month tours, um, you know, and and this is like without major support. This isn't with. This is like without a booking agent. We came across some notes that um, I think maybe um, Crummett had or Steve had or something of all the notes from a tour. And Zach would always book all these tours, and like early days he would. Early days, yeah. No, I mean, pretty much we never had a real booking agent.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, Jesus. I don't think I knew that.
1: All of this stuff, <laughs> and the same thing with Prize Country stuff. Um, Prize Country was my band that I did for five, so six tough. years after Clarity Process. And you guys also um, hit the road. Same a lot. kind of thing, toured all the time, toured really aggressively, and it was all DIY. Mm-hmm.
2: But would you say that Clarity was um, mm-hmm. the? Was that your favorite band you're in? If you have one, I mean, maybe you don't. That's it was certainly like the most tough sort of
1: My actual favorite band that I've been in was um me and Ryan Lewis had a band for about two years. Um called Young Vienna. And that was with a lot of like kind of
2: I always forget that he was a part major, of major
1: major dudes in town that were from a scene that we weren't part of. Yeah, it was you know, like... any of us were part of. Right. Um and that was a pretty big departure from anything I'd ever done before. It was, you know, way, way more pop sensibilities, yeah, like really pop. singer-songwriter. Super
2: drag, kind of slick pop. Yeah, yeah.
1: I. It's like The Strokes meets mm-hmm. Tom Petty. I think the way Ryan describes it's The Strokes meets Tom Petty meets T-Rex.
2: <laughs> T-Rex. Oh, so it was like
1: singer-songwriter, and then it just was very, very specifically structured songs that would kind of... Yeah, be reminiscent of like the strokes where it's like really little things, details that mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to, to, to know why the song. Was that was your good. favorite
2: band of drumming though?
1: That was just my favorite band that mm-hmm. I was in. My favorite band of drumming was definitely Price country.
2: Right. So you hate clarity process is what you're saying? Mm, if, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I've told you this before, Josh, but clarity was always like, I mean, obviously you guys had a ton of buzz and there was a time there where you guys were, Like people knew who you were. I mean you was a you know, there was something happening there for sure. Um, but I've told you this before. I always thought you guys were like on the verge of being like the next Deftones. Not in sound and not in um but like yeah, not in sound, but in that kind of energy where like every time I watched you guys you're on the you're on the verge of falling apart. But that was the best thing about the band. Yeah, like it was so dangerous and it was just always on the verge of falling off a cliff that's why I always loved early deftones they're so loose they're so good that yeah. they could do that with each other they could come in and out of tempo and in and out of like focus they weren't a you know what I mean they weren't that kind of band they didn't just stand there and play perfectly it was yeah. all just in the moment at points they were pretty explosive so explosive yeah and clarity was no different I mean, there was a time there was like this is real this is something that's actually happening
1: so we would get, I mean, we got definitely better response in general um, in terms of press uh, overseas in Europe. Yep. Um, and the the comparisons that we would get the most were refused. And so like that yeah, kind of, that energy that you're thinking, that you're talking about, I think that, you know, prob- when I think about it, I think accurate, it's closer actually. to, to yeah. refused. Um, just because it's not as, you know, polished as Deftones were right. Even like, you know, the first, I mean, the second Deftones record is like polished. And, um, yeah, I, I think that we broke up a little pre like prematurely. I would have liked to have at least seen what would happen, would have happened on one more record because the, the difference between fluid to our second record, killing the president is a massive departure in my mind. Um, like I don't even hear the same band on the two records, yeah, I
2: always wonder what would have happened after a few years and people getting older. And...
1: Yeah, just some of it being a little more matured and like um, you know maybe pull back on some of like
2: mm-hmm.
1: the 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 chaos, the chaos, and try yeah. to get really just powerful.
2: Oh yeah, there's so much potential there. And Steve is—I mean—he's one of my favorite front men ever. He was so great, pure energy, and I mean, he was perfect for that band.
1: Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think overall, I, I, I you know, I mean, maybe it just because of being older, um, Price Country was just a, a a more exciting band to be in. I think because because of that, yeah. Um, because yeah, I felt like there was just a little more, a little more like actual attention paid to how we wrote songs.
2: And for you, that's probably super refreshing. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I listened to uh, Killing the President" a lot just mm-hmm. to kind of remind myself of like what I was doing at that point in my life and mm-hmm. that age. And I'm still really proud of it. But there is stuff where it's just like, kind of gets a little out of hand when yeah, I think about yeah. it. And then um,
2: it all happens for a reason, though.
1: You know, I think with Price Country, I don't really feel like that happened. Like, I feel right. pretty much like what what we tried to get across is what came across. And, you know, that was like more of like the drive like jay Who and quicksand and all that that side of music totally you know that i grew up listening to so
3: well
2: yeah. in this room we have three drummers um <laughs> we're, i'm looking at a drum set right now so i think what we're going to do as sort of a focal point for the episode we're going to touch back on our our favorite drummers and no part two yeah part two we we missed quite a few we missed quite a few i have one i have one in mind that you guys miss when i listen
1: to that that you're gonna you either either thought about it or you haven't and if you hear me say it you're gonna be like what did we were (laughs) thinking thinking?
2: Um, there's one and i think me and you have talked about it who's that can we just start let's start okay let's start it matt cameron that's not who i'm thinking of but yes yeah that's not who you're
1: Brian St. Pierre from Hump. God damn it. <laughs> He's fucking right.
2: Are you sure I didn't say that?
1: I'm pretty sure you guys didn't talk about him at all. I don't think we did.
2: That is unbelievable that that was never brought up. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Damn. Wow. Sorry. Nice. Yeah, so looking There's you the know. Thing, I don't have that written down this time either. <laughs> you know, I
1: went through and I was like really trying to pay attention to um, what what makes me appreciate a drummer to the point that I would say that they've had more than just maybe just like a lasting impression because I think there's a lot of cool playing that's out there. Sure. But I don't think that it means anything to how drums influenced me. Um, you know, so I'll look at it. and I'm like going through a list of all the records I've listened to or that I have on, you know, I'm just going through iTunes on my phone or whatever. And um, yeah, it's crazy to see how many drummers... You can think about and go like, my God, what an amazing sound that person had or like uh, their dynamics or the power. Um, You know, you're talking about like Gherkin, you know, Jason Gherkin and like there's just an attitude there. So it's, you know, there's all these different characteristics that can really stand out and how you narrow them down to what you like the most. Um, You know, if you were trying to say even the top five drummers, like I can't think (laughs) of how you would do it. Yeah, it's pretty tough.
2: No, it's tough. I mean, we, we, we've talked about this before. We could do ten volumes of this topic <laughs> alone. We could do ten different episodes, and we still wouldn't hit every drummer. Yeah, I almost started so, just like you know, trying know to going into
1: it. Um, try to like group them into different like subjects. Like, okay, right. who is the absolute favorite? Who I know who that is. Um, who Who was the one that made me have to reevaluate how you could play the instrument? you know which one do i connect with on an emotional level yeah um you know who has my favorite drum tones and sounds consistently on records so it's all that kind of stuff is what i was starting to think about that's kind of how i approached it nice um so you know so we talked about ML. so who who
2: would you say right there right there right there. <laughs> sorry i'm doing an instagram story i'm poking at josh's face poke the air okay so i started with matt cameron let's talk about him for a minute let's 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 put a pin in what you're saying, as they say in the corporate world. Put a pin in it. We'll table that for now. We'll come back to it. You know how much I hear that at Intel? That kind of bullshit talk? We'll put a pin in it. I was talking to Ryan about that today. Uh, I'm like, oh,
1: yeah. Was this during a meeting? You're going to have a meeting and then just talk about some shit that you could text about?
2: Yeah, we'll put a pin in that. (laughs) Like, you fucking asshole. Anyway, so Matt Cameron Is playing a lot of guitar these days that's He's got his hear. own project um, So there's a
1: drummer I'm going to talk about That's been a very big influence on me um, that Well, tell the people Matt who Cameron. is
2: For those who don't know uh, audience
1: at home. Uh, Who, Matt Cameron? Yeah So Matt Cameron is the drummer from Soundgarden And then took over drum duties in Pearl Jam ooh, Wow, 15, 13 years ago? Something like that? Yeah um, so he's been playing drums in both of those bands, um, and now has his own project that he does that he sings and plays guitar in. Um, he's 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 the man.
2: He, well, uh, use a, a descriptive word for Matt Cameron. I have one. Oh
1: my gosh! Um, I'm I'm all starting. I'll just say uh, just just bad. He's just the baddest
3: like I was going to say commanding. Could,
1: uh, yeah, commanding is really uh, I mean, I remember watching um, this Pearl Jam DVD that came out. There was a live show oh, that they that. released and like you You're, watch you this, this you. guy hit symbols and it's like
2: oh my god.
1: Just the authority there is like I'm going to I'm going to hit this symbol and he goes through the symbol, but it's finesse and it's yeah, just Yeah, he's not yeah. just
2: hitting hard. He's not hitting, like, Travis Barker hard for no... Which is my least favorite way my that least people favorite. play. Exactly. Um, and, I, and, by the way, Travis Barker is really good. No, we're, we're not saying that. Absolutely. The way he hits is not the way Matt Cameron hits. Matt Cameron hits with authority, that it, but is also playing to the song. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Well, also, oh, that, so and that's what's so good. cool about him so as a drummer,
1: crazy. I think, is that in this in the rock world, you know, a lot of people, a lot of these bands get to have their style and it like lends to the band where it's mm-hmm. not like you're a drummer in a top 40 band that you just got to play drums in the background yeah. and or singer songwriter stuff where you're there just to really support the songwriter itself in a band like Soundgarden. You know, he's a huge part of why that band even gets to be um, that band. Yeah. Like exactly. they don't sound like Soundgarden, Soundgarden just because of Chris work Cornell. They sound Simply like that. Work because of every member in that band. Exactly. Bass, guitar. Yeah, totally. You know.
2: That's a huge point. I mean, especially with that band. Like yeah. you can't take one of those guys out.
1: And then but especially when we're talking about the drum drumming side of it, yep. um Matt Cameron can take any like any time signature and groove and just flip it on its head and turn something that seems like it's going to be just a simple riff into it's like something you really have to try to dissect and wrap your around. I love around how he plays understand. like
2: You know how Gherkin plays behind the beat? Like that kind of half at the time thing? Well he does that too, but it's like um but but it's not half time. He does like this it's i just you know say know it's like saying? swampy.
1: Like he's just like Yeah, oh, you're talking about maybe just like actual note placements? Note placements,
2: yeah. They're the most bizarre placements. Yeah, someone... he, doesn't,
1: he doesn't always do backbeats on a, on a two and a four or yeah. um, in a halftime feel. Like on a three, he'll, he'll, like, move them into, like, the and counts and yeah. stuff, which are, like, in between beats.
2: I heard someone point out, because he's one of the guys that's kind of hard for me to airdrum to, like, really hard, <laughs> right? And someone pointed out to me that the secret with him is that he plays to the riff. I was telling your brother about this, and Jeff was like, oh, my God, that's right. Yeah, Like, okay, listen, listen to Let Me Drown. Note for note, he's playing. You know what I mean? It's like he's writing with the riff. Yeah. Oh, I love that fucking intro. Wait, I'm going to come hard again.
0: (laughs) Bring it back.
3: This part?
2: Oh! Oh! that reverb what what a God, badass that. yeah and he's a good fit for
1: Pearl Jam yeah I mean like Spoon Man you know like what, the the breakdown section of right? Spoon Man yeah it's all that kind of stuff so good um,
2: I, I heard something nobody with... played
1: nobody played rock drums like that maybe the only person right. that I could say that was playing rock drums like that at the time which is gonna be on my um, you know potentially one of my top ten guys here is Jimmy Chamberlain from Smashing Pumpkins yeah, oh, yeah. right um, I can and see they that. get to take not this kind of like um, not badass. Yeah, I mean Jimmy Jimmy Chamberlain's approach is more of a jazz mm-hmm. jazz focus to rock music or you like a to fusion the style use, of that's drumming. For sure. Um excuse me. But yeah, I mean that's that, that's what made that guy so cool, is he just got a command set.
2: Um, the other thing that's cool about that whole group, like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, th- those that crew of dudes. I was listening to a thing um, about How Eddie Vedder. Oh, it was okay. So it was the uh, Dean Del Rey podcast with the drummer of Rage against the machine. Oh, yeah, Brad Wilk. Brad Wilk. So
1: he was on, he was one of them. I mean, you guys talked about him last time. You guys talked about Rage Against the Machine, which I love. And I'm not a huge um, Audio Slave fan by any means at all. In fact, I would almost say I'm not really a fan of Audio Slave, but I love the way that he plays drums in that band almost more so than I like how he plays drums and raises. So listen to this.
2: So they are all from the Los Angeles area. Brad was in his own band and then he was roommates with Eddie Vedder. This was prior to any of these bands prior to Soundgarden, prior to Pearl Jam, prior to Rage, right? No, uh, Pearl Jam has just started, but they hadn't put out anything yet. And, um, Anyway, yeah, it's just, remember how connected all of that was? Like, Eddie Vedder went to go try out for Pearl Jam. He got the part, and then he came back and showed his roommate, who was Brad, the demo to 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Brad's like, oh, you clearly (laughs) have to go do this, because they were in a band together, too. I left that part out. And then Brad's like, yeah, no hard feelings. Go do that. Move to Seattle. And then they lost their drummer, Pearl Jam. Early Pearl Jam lost their early drummer. So Eddie was like, "I got this buddy in LA. He's my roommate. He's he's great." And so he came out and met them in Europe, yeah, because they were like there. for recording, yeah. And he remember he spent like a long time there, and he rehearsed with them, rehearsed, and it just wasn't the right fit. And and the band is like, "Sorry, Eddie, we love your guy, but he's not the right fit." So he went back super bummed. Then like a couple of weeks later, got the gig with Rage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then like you know then Temple the dog. Which is what half Soundgarden half Pro Jam, you know. Anyway, then years later, then Matt, sh- or Matt Cameron starts playing for Pro Jam. It's just so rad how all that's connected, and like you, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, okay. that's why I don't sh- you really shouldn't treat anyone like shit. I mean, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but unless they really are, unless a sucky they're a person. fucking asshole, but like you don't know. I mean, yeah, you go see a band one day, and that's I don't know. That's that's what I love about our circle of friends is. We've all played in bands with each other, and we could do that same lineage with our friends. Like Jeff Miller played in Clarity. Jeff Miller has
1: played in most of the bands. Though. Jeff Miller has played in
2: most <laughs> of the bands. It all revolves around Jeff. At some it's point, it's really true. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he's played in more more bands, I guess, than that I can think of than anybody else. Mm. Well, I mean, just the even thinking from when we were little kids, like he yeah, was I guess what you're right, yeah, he did. Like, Fuzzy Logic, no before uh.
2: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. you're right, you're right. Fuzzy Logic, mindset, mindset, Tabana. Tabana, and then, okay, and then... um Clarity. Yep, and then... Then Mirrors. Yep. Then The Days and Nights. Then Got Kicked Out of The Days and Nights. So that would be it for me with him, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Hillsborough Roots. Hillsborough Roots. <laughs> roots. So anyway, Matt Cameron, number one, badass. I can't believe we left him off the list last time. Um Top... You know, I had a top five. Remember, we started with the top five last episode. Yeah, and I don't know how he didn't make the top five. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna squeeze him in there at the, on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know who I would push out of my last top five. Yeah, All right, top, well, Josh, five, start man. with who, who's like your ultimate guy?
1: Danny Carey from Tool. Really? Fuck yeah. Danny wow. Carey, I think, is Kinda makes sense. It's yeah, like I there, it. I, you know, it's, there isn't even a question in my mind that he's my favorite drummer. Okay. He, Why? first off like there's nobody that plays drums like that yes so there's there's a lot of bands that you know are in in kind of the progressive rock world that incorporate a lot of the things that he does which would be two big things i would say would be polyrhythmic playing Mm
3: -hmm.
1: which if you're not familiar with that really means it means like you're you're Playing multiple time signatures on top of each other, mm-hmm. um, so it takes a certain amount of time for them to line back up again.
2: So he's literally using all four limbs. If that helps people understand,
1: and then um, and then the incorporation of electronics into his plane, that too. Right? So many sampler pads, and right. so the electronic part of it is something that's really really prominent in the in the prog world, especially you know during like the eighties and. Rush, um, yeah. But he does it with this kind of finesse and and so i mean i think of a lot of guys that incorporate electronics into their playing kind of being almost um like dumpy sounding kind of like the
2: thing i was gonna say is he does all those things we talked about this last time too he does all of that finesse um you know like polyrhythmic stuff the like clinic drummer guy but he does all that with authority he combines matt cameron authority, and he hits like a man. You yeah. know what I mean? He's doing all this crazy, super hard stuff to play, but he's he's playing as hard as, you know.
1: His, yeah, and uh, he and he has a jazz background, and right. so, like, you know, he's his also focus is, you know, <laughs> com- like like coming from jazz, and then, um, you know, he brings a lot of that kind of stuff into his playing as well um, in a lot of his cymbal work. As um, the man. But yeah, I think that he just has this sound. Um you know, he just it's like um like his drum tones on records. Okay, so you know, we've all smoked weed. Um No I haven't. <laughs> Mom, I have not. <laughs> Mom, you know I have. Um, and so probably with well. you. We you know, one of my favorite things to do to ever really like listen to music is to smoke weed get in bed put headphones on and listen to music in the dark oh yeah for sure and um
2: That doesn't sound like something you'd like josh as long (laughs) as i've known you
1: (laughs) but this thing happens where you get to start like hearing all individual instruments because you're focused so much and you can like kind of hyper focus on things um that i can listen to is bass drum sounds just the tones that they get in the studio for his for his drums mm. and the bass drum will sound like it's three hundred feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and his snare drum is three hundred feet wide. Didn't
2: he said they tune to the scale in which they play. Yeah, I think, that, I think that I think he does.
1: That. He he tunes in like triads. Yeah. Um but then yeah, and then all you know, while I'm listening to all that, like I get to listen to these big powerful drums going on that are just monstrous in my head. And then I'm listening to his symbol work which is like I think his best yeah. I think it's his best attribute is the way that he approaches his symbol. what's symbols. a good
2: example of that Josh um, The what's that oh, Jesus Christ he's doing some shit on the hi-hat and he drops in the snare and kick but it doesn't seem possible that anyone could be able to do that oh the breakdown to eulogy is that what it is well
1: I would say that it's probably the actually the breakdown on lateralis that you're talking about both
2: sound right to me at the
1: moment um hang on i'll find it real fast but so it's like yeah all of the cymbal work is going on all around this big big powerful really really like driving commanding kind of um bass drum and snare work and
2: then just okay hold on all right here's the part It's not hi-hat. Even already, I would, probably would have lost it. It's harder than it sounds.
1: Yeah, and so when he brings in the bass drum here, yes. he's going to incorporate another counter
3: rhythm. On the
4: intro? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
2: all like shifting together. He starts opening the hi-hat.
3: It's all one hand,
2: right? Right hand?
1: Yep. All, all right hand on the hi-hat, yeah.
2: No. <laughs> my head it's all swirling together I've got a calculator for that one
3: <laughs> Okay God Song damn.
2: is Lateralis by Tool Go check it out
1: And hey, there's just so much of it it's like I, I, could, I could I find know. 10 different parts to, to talk about that So that's just my favorite drummer um, So he's your main guy He's my main guy And I'm really really excited um, For them to put a new album out Yeah. Um I expect to be happy about it or you know, happy with the record. And if even if the record doesn't do it for me, I know that I'm gonna get a million things out of that guy, Splain. So it's like even if I don't like the record as a whole.
2: Well that's what I was gonna ask you. Like if Danny Carey is your main guy, obviously Tool's not your main band. Tool's one of them for sure. One of them. Yeah, 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 I I mean I would say Tool's like
1: a top three band for me, yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: Wow.
0: Which is your favorite record?
2: Laterals. Same here. I'm an Indama guy. Yeah, I mean, like, f- I love Indama too, but by a small margin.
1: Yeah, um, um, you know, it's funny. I mean, it's one of those things, I guess. Like, I don't really, you know, I've listened to him in other projects and stuff like that that he that he does, and I guess they don't really stand out to me as anything
2: majorly cool. It's him and Adam Jones. Yeah, they're like the duo sweet. from heaven. Yeah, the they lock in in a way that it's just. Yeah, I just think that space. I think
1: there there's certain things that you react to that allow you to bring out the best of yourself. And a lot of the stuff that I think that he ends up playing in outside of Tool doesn't tap into any of the things that make him who he is to me. Yeah. which is fine because you know I don't get to dictate how he likes to play drums. Um, so if he's in a band where he's just kind of doing
2: the more butt rock side of it, <laughs> that's what he likes. Yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, maybe he wants to play some butt rock. So who would you say if you had to guess who is my main guy? Dave Grohl, yeah, of course. I was just <laughs> but I also heard the podcast, and I would have known that anyway. <laughs> yeah, you would, yeah uh, you're a meat and potatoes boy. Uh, meat and potatoes boy. You're you might be. I'd say right? Abe Cunningham. Yeah, that makes more sense. Fuck yeah, man, I love that dude. Yeah, he's a very close second, I guess, for me. You know, and honestly,
1: I would say that if I were to think about two drummers that that I think are the most similar out of a list like that, Abe Cunningham and Danny Carey are the most similar to me. There's a couple reasons. Think about their snare, their snare tones. Yeah. Like, um, where they don't really sound like there's always a snare on. hmm And, like, um, and then just their cymbal work. Yeah. They're so, There's so much about these beats where it's, like, the cymbals are, like, so many accents that are going. Um, where it's, like, it's not, you know, they do a thing that I really like about drums, which doesn't, like, meat and potato drumming doesn't always bring me into like I don't really get into it as much because it doesn't have a melodic side to the playing as much. Where those two guys, Abe Cunningham and Danny Carey especially, have this melodic thing they do with the cymbals that get to be a counter melody to vocals and guitar parts. Yeah. So it adds another layer for me to dig into.
2: We were talking about the last episode too. Abe Abe Cunningham is a really good example of him uh, you know, proving his his place in that band. Like Deftones simply wouldn't be the same without Abe Cunningham. Yeah, for I sure. In in fact, style, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you could argue just, it just wouldn't have worked.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing too is like does Abe Cunningham sound like him right, right. when he goes and just plays on some other record? He doesn't really seem to do anything else Sorry, other than that, that one say. that one project that he did um, from some older band. Yeah. I don't remember what they were called. Um, but it's like the drumming on that stuff is not as cool as what he does in
2: Deftones. Oh, re- remind me later I'm going to tell you about the my interaction with Abe or Abe, Chino oh, Chino, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about it now, but I'll, I'll fill you in later. It was so fucking rad. Um, All right, let's move on. Who else do we got? Andrew, you so, want to name one?
0: Uh, we missed out from the last podcast. Ian
2: Prince. Oh, oh. Ian from, Prince uh, from uh Houston. Oh, from Houston, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. We totally fucking missed out. The band that nobody's heard of other than the people in this room and a few guys upstairs. He's the man. Where can we find a song to play? Like... I have it on my old computer. I don't have any currently with me. It's not on Spotify. It's yeah. not anywhere. I think I have a burn CD in my house. <laughs> but yeah, he's the man. Band and called Houston from Minneapolis. That fucking Midwestern style leads into it. What do you like about him so much? Just solid as fuck. And he has like, I don't know. He's a. Like,
1: yeah, he takes, like, he like takes all, all the cool Midwestern the stuff back, that yeah. all these guys. The bags meet. And then right. he'll,
2: then he'll yeah. be
0: explosive when he needs to. And super sharp. That about left it.
2: hand thing he does too. You know, like, wow, it's just da, 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 there's da, 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 a there's
1: a cockiness that comes from yep. Midwest players from this scene. You know, I, I was uh, actually somebody came into work today wearing a hum shirt, and I was like, Hey, blah blah blah, very cool shirt. And then uh, we just started talking about the Midwest yeah. scene, and he's like, Oh, yeah, Shiners, one of my favorite bands. Oh, well, wow. I'm like, Yeah, you just have <laughs> when you hear it
2: and you're into it. It, it changes the, the whole thing for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I remember when Neil was asking us what's so great about Jason Gherkin and we're like, it's all attitude, man. It's just pure like you said, cockiness. I mean there's such good musicianship on top of it, clearly. But the thing that makes it so like You know what it, it is? is that.
1: Um it's a John Bonham thing. Right. It's like this this willingness to just go like, I'm the fucking drummer and I'm gonna just oh.
2: do it. I can't believe I didn't mention John Bonham. He's actually one of mine, too. You're not a huge John Bonham guy. Uh, I like John Bonham's playing. I am not a huge Led Zeppelin fan. I, I would say I'm Here's uh, my
1: favorite thing about Houston's drummer. The guy just plays Jelly Bean Kits. He just says he doesn't care about matching his stuff up, and he says, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. A, here's a cool this 1950 a Tom. Slingerland Tom that just sounds phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to buy that. Together. And I want this bass drum because it's this Rad Rogers bass drum. I love drum. when people do that. Yeah,
2: if you're not like sponsored, I mean, what the fuck, <laughs> like you know? I mean, I'm a, I'll I, I,
1: you know, for me, it's like I approach all my instrument buying from an aesthetic standpoint first, and then it's got to sound good. But if it doesn't look really, really cool to me,
2: I don't yeah. want it. Yeah, yeah. Like and the, so I yeah,
1: get that. where that side of it comes from, though, because you know, if you sit there and you play a bass drum, you're like, man, this thing sounds great, but the rest of the kit doesn't really hold up to another set of toms you have or something. You yeah. know,
2: yeah. mix them up. Okay, I'm gonna move down the line. Uh, this is some old school shit, like early inspiration for for yours truly, Buddy Rich. Oh yeah, throwing it back, jazz master. I don't think I'll ever catch myself
1: like just listening to Buddy Rich on record. It's all about the video, man. God, I love there watching some, that guy play the drums.
2: He's a pit bull. He's he a, is. You know, he crouches over, and he. I mean, and again, everything's in context, like the context of the era that he came from. There's a really great video. Um, don't yeah. Let's see. Do do that one. Do the, the bugle call rag. Watch this, Josh. If this is the same one, he just fucking goes oh, off. Jesus. There's an old video of him playing like a drum Please. battle with Gene Krupa, and he just smokes Gene Krupa. And he, Gene Krupa supposed to be the best drummer of the '40s or whatever. Look at his face.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it. <laughs> Really a massive...
3: Yeah, you just have so to have you, do, you know, you just have this um,
1: massive command of of every rudiment that you can pull out at any point that you ever want to.
2: Fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Never in my life will I ever be able to do that (laughs) drum roll.
2: I know, and it seems so, like, oh, cool, he's just doing a bunch of shit on the snare drum. Some old guy. But that is crazy shit. Like, technically-wise, that's so hard to do. And to do it in time, he never stops. That's such a fast tempo to be playing that shit. And by the way, that, like, I can't even do it fast enough with my mouth. But, like, that thing on the right hand that he's doing the whole time... Yeah. Go ahead. Try that at, at oh that tempo. God. It's the old fast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just sound it out. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Buddy Rich, he, he's the, he's the man. Um, yeah, Josh? Okay, so. Man. Oh, but sorry. Let me go back. You should watch that Gene Krupa versus Buddy Rich drum battle someday. Because oh, yeah. it's, nice. again, they're both show up in suits. It's young Buddy Rich. I think it's the 50s and sammy uh davis jr is like the host of it so he p- p- points to gene krupa yeah and he's like boom, Badababadu, you're like really it's cool it's cool but it was probably really cool for the 40s right and then buddy rich just sits down this young kid just kind of stretches out and he just smokes him and it's like oh that's where drumming's going you see it in one guy like oh fuck <laughs> that's that's taken off anyway continue, josh
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, then one of the other kind of categories that I was thinking about was, like, who made me just hear drums in a way that I hadn't ever heard him before. Um, You know, I'll say, like, Danny Carey, I'd heard drums like that. You know, they're rock drums, essentially. Mm -hmm. And his embellishments are the thing that, like, make him so unique and make him such, like, a pivotal person in drumming. But then I can think back to a moment when I heard a piece of music... Shout out to uh, our old buddy Chad Farmer in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, Showed me a band, and uh, let me just find the section here. No,
2: old Damon J. Oh yeah. Freak is all music. It's all one guy. Did you hear us talk about him on the last episode? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all
1: Did it's we just, do a
3: decent uh,
2: job of. Oh, that's yeah, and doing? I mean,
1: all this stuff that's so funny about him, like, you know, just sit there, just take his pants off, playing his boxers, and just sweat his ass off, <laughs> his dick out. and nuts just kind of hanging to the side, uh, talking <laughs> shit to the crowd all the time. Always.
2: Yeah, God I mean, he's damn. one of the all-time greats, and again, not a whole lot of people know about him, which is so crazy. Yeah, he's a he's, of... a,
1: he's a he's love or hate kind of guy, like, there's going right. to be people that just really do not get on board. No, no. Um, so I remember hearing that and I was like, I, I because, you know, stuff like that, that we just heard, it, it's not like no one has ever done anything like it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, certainly nobody's ever done it in that kind of context of the band that he's in. Yeah. But, um, you know, we didn't grow up listening. We grew up listening to rock music. So it wasn't like we grew up with parents that were listening to fusion and jazz mm-hmm. all
2: the time. Um, My parents were listening to like early Genesis. That stuff was pretty nuts. So, but yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, that's prog music, essentially. And and, and,
2: swing, jazz, and stuff. Yeah.
1: And so I just remember hearing that and just going, "I've never heard anybody do anything like that before." Sure. Yeah. And I, I think I must have spent five, six months like putting putting this particular record, "What Burns Never Returns" by Don Caballero on regularly just trying to see if I could understand it because I didn't understand it. We thought you
2: were either losing your mind or you were just really in love with this band. It took me a while to get it. Yeah. When it it hit, though, it was fucking crazy, man. There's two times that you showed me bands where I not only didn't get it, but I was laughing (laughs) at your face. Like, ha-ha, why do you like this? The first one is Dawn Cab. The second one is the Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. I remember you showing the Dillinger Escape Plan Mike Patton EP, and you're like, "Dude, I don't know if I." You even say, "Like, I don't know if I hate this or if this is the best thing ever." Is well, I, mean, I definitely track?
1: listened to that band for a long time before that, but that, yeah, I mean, I like, heard
2: them too, but I didn't, I didn't like. That was dig a, in
1: the way. you That heard. was a pretty uh, insane. I mean, it is. I'm the a,
4: best of have ever had, man. Yeah, <laughs> man,
1: that's a pretty insane so record. Yeah, um, we will rock you. It's only four <laughs> songs, and I could have definitely handled. Fuck two more albums of that. I know. Although it's like, I love, 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 love Miss Machine. Of course. Um, I love Ironworks. Love Ironworks. Like, so it's like, you know, I'm so thankful they ended up finding that singer because Greg to me is is a a much better fit for that band than their original singer. And there's going to be diehard fans that will totally disagree with that, but that's fine.
2: Are you, do you have more to say about Damage? Yeah. So,
1: um, I think that I just ended up hearing oh so I was like trying to like regularly listen to this band to really see if I could figure it out and understand it because when I would hear it what I would hear was just like jamming full yeah. on just jams like uh, they yeah they're just like going into something they didn't plan on and then they just kind of roll with it whatever um, and it didn't sound like it was premeditated as much as it turns out it really is right and I remember um, the apartment that I lived in with Mark over by Shoe Park, the apartment, the apartment, um, which I still can't fucking believe. They let me have a drum set. Yeah, of. that was so right. I know <laughs> nobody let me have a drum set. Nobody called the cops because they you were worried about going to jail themselves. So yeah, that was no one gave a very fortunate right? in, it's a great uh, environment to be yeah. able to live. Um, but there was a moment when I was cleaning stoned as hell. And I heard a thing happen on the drum set that was like, holy shit, that's the cue. Like, they've been doing this thing. It's just yeah. rolling and churning, and it's just this chaos. Mm. And then I heard a bell hit go like, ding-dong. And then <laughs> one at the end of that bar, the band switched into the next section. And then I was like, oh, that's how I can find it. That's how I can start to, like, know the songs. And, like, now I can listen to Don Caballero's songs, and I can hear I, – I can play air guitar to every guitar part, bass part, drum right. part. You you know know I mean? I, part. You know I I mean? I'm going to not hit every drum note, but I can. You can have- I can get through a lot of it. How about you, can? And um, it took that realization that it was this controlled chaos for me to go, like, oh, I understand what this band's doing now. And um, that's what does it for me with that guy, is it's controlled chaos. Because everyone in the band's very cool. I'm I'm a big fan of the band, but, like, that guy plays drums like nobody else. He sounds like there's eight people playing sometimes. (laughs) And not to mention, again, like, I'm a big fan of drum tones and sounds that people achieve. And he just does this thing where... He's got a couple things going. One, his drums just sound insanely huge, and he just plays these, this old Pearl kit. You talked about it before, where he's never changed his resonant heads, and so it's like, you know, you don't have to ever change them, but it, it definitely just, helps funny, to keep the drums yeah. going. But um, he also plays a lot of like Sabian B eight cymbals, which are like <sighs> the the cheapest cymbals you can buy, right? Um, but the thing is about him. Um, and Stefan can attest to this. He recorded, um, surprise country. Aaron, the singer was in a band called shame lady mm. before that, that were killer. And their drummer was a badass. And on the record that Stefan did, the symbols just are phenomenal sounding just like they cut, they crash, they chirp like they're super aggressive sounding. Mm. Um, yeah, you can see one in that picture right there. Right. Just ter- you know, terrible, thing. shitty symbol. Um, but they have this ability to cut through because of the metals that are used um, that have all these weird overtones, so they just cut. And then he also uses two snares. So he's got one snare that he mainly uses um, in that weird position down by his ankles uh, that just is tuned lower. And then he's got a side snare over to the right by his floor tom that he uses all the time that's tuned way, way up. And so he's got these two distinct drum snare tones that he'll use at the same time, like, ba, ba, da, ba, da, and yeah. they'll like bounce back and forth between the two snares. Um, yeah. I always forget about that little snare on the side. Yeah. And right. So it's just, yeah, it's just this controlled chaos. And that's, that's that guy's deal for me is um, he just doesn't nice. care at all. He, like he literally doesn't care. He talks oh, shit to the crowd and then he just beats the hell out of his drum set. So, Another drummer that really does the same kind of thing for me, too, that I'm sure that you guys haven't really heard much of um, but have been one of my favorite bands for many, many years at this point, um, The Velveteen.
2: Yeah, I never really... Um,
1: really their drummer that, that, that they got. Know, they they had an original drummer. Um, That's, and, like, one of
2: his favorite bands, right?
1: Well, Ryan wouldn't love that band as much, I think, um, for the stuff that I like, although I do like all of their their records. But the, the, the band that... So, Crosstide, Ryan's original band or main band that he was in for such a long time they used to play with the Velveteen a lot and they Mm -hmm. played with them during the earlier years of the Velveteen which wasn't as crazy and chaotic as they ended up getting Um, and that was with their old drummer who ended up passing away, I think uh, he had brain cancer Um, so the drummer they got after him is a guy named Casey Dietz Um, and he does the same kind of thing as Damon Shay, you know, his own kind of approach to it um, but it's just this controlled chaos. He has so he plays so many notes, and he does fills that you just could not imagine getting yourself to ever be able to physically do or fit them into this uh, little tiny section.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with it, but I anything you suggest, I'll... I yeah, will, hang on. Let me see if I can
1: find something here that I can just give us a quick
2: little reference. Do it,
1: do it. Yeah, this would be a good one. The
4: that's the
3: bed,
2: That's rad. That's super cool, man. I can um, listen to that band more. The Velvet Team, right? Velvet Team, right, the Velvet Team, Vel- yeah. The Velveteen. Um,
1: words. yeah, and so those are two. Those are two of my favorite drummers that have been,
2: you know, in that kind of part of my brain. Can you, before we move on to a different drummer, can you explain to me and to non-drummers? <laughs> How the hell Damon Che plays the part that you played for everyone? The dump, dumps, 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 dumps. Yeah, so it's a
1: cowbell is like the first. How is he doing the hi hat though? So the hi hat is a technique where you actually like splash it with kind of. Um... So the pst, pst, he's not hitting with a stick. Yeah, right? you he basically um, you bounce your foot against the hi hat, but instead of like. Pushing down on it like you would, like tss, 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 like normal with your kind of maybe the um, kind of maybe the.
2: Play it again. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's like doing some weird shit with his foot to make it. Yeah, so it's not right? you, uh,
1: normally when you're counting time or doing anything on a hi hat like that, you're using your toes, like right under your toe, um, to kind right. of push down into the hi hat. Uh, When you do this kind of sound, when you're trying to achieve this sound for your hi-hat, you actually, like, don't use your toes. You use your heel. Like, you bounce the heel up against it. You you actually bounce them back and forth. So it's like you do the downbeat on your toes like normal, but then when you lift up, you actually bounce your your heel over, and then it just splashes the hi-hat. So it goes like...
2: Right. Um, that's so which crazy, right I... the easy tip. Listen to hi hat, people. That he's doing that with his foot only. Really hard to do.
1: Okay. Yeah, and okay. so I mean that's yeah that's that's
2: allowing his hands to like bounce around on toms when it comes in, and then because that, that that one track of him doing the hi-hat would for me and Andrew to do it it would sound like if we were just using our stick like a disco beat you know just the open thing
1: which would eliminate you using that hand for another part of the drum set yeah yeah and actually, that, oh. that particular technique that he uses is part of how he sounds the way that he does. He sounds like yeah. there's a second person. Because he does he, that shit all the time. Uh, the, I think they call it, like, <sighs> one of his nicknames was the octopus, because it just sounds like he has eight
2: limbs playing at the same I was time. I always the uh, Danny Carey the, the great octopus.
1: Um, so, yeah, those two guys cool. have this kind of controlled chaos. That's the way that I would describe them. Love it. Uh,
2: Andrew, you got one for the, for the group?
0: Did we talk about Joey Castillo?
2: Last time, I don't know. I have that written down too because I couldn't remember either. He's deaf. Let's, I don't know. Let's assume we have it because he's a beast.
0: Yeah, I love he, the parts he wrote uh, mm-hmm. in Queens of the Stone Age, but it's kind of weird when he played live. Like I didn't like how he choked his ride. You know, his I always crashed on it. I he really, like I really shit. did not like that. Yeah, but he
2: always sped up. Yeah, hey, you know what? He's better now. Well, yeah, like, he played he's um, tightened the fuck up since he left Queens. Yeah, he's I a miss a fucking him mania. though. I think he's better for Queens than John Theodore.
1: Oh, I thought we disagreed on that.
2: You know, well, I think not, you came around to it. I am coming around to it. <laughs> yeah. I fought it for so long. This is
1: the wrong dude for that band. Um, uh, you know, I mean, like talking about drummers. You know, I've got John Theodore and Thomas Pridgen who are both Mars Volta.
2: Thomas Pridgen, I alumni. am. Uh, I, I don't get it. Here's the thing. I love that Tom, record. Oh, he, Thomas. Oh, yeah. Well, clear. It. Thomas Pridgen is so good. I, I could. I. I mean, obviously, I'd be a dumb fuck to say he's not a good drummer. But he's not my thing. Like, every time I see him play, he's just f- fucking... He's just always doing a fill. He's always chaos. And it's just like, all right, we get it. Yeah, lay, lay it I mean, you point. know,
1: he's one of those dudes that... Um, I wouldn't necessarily say is one of my favorite drummers so much as I love what he did with the Mars Volta. That guy's too, by the way. Uh, Bedlam is... You know, for me, it's like that record is probably my favorite record. No. I know. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, it's just like... Not it, it, like there's things that I like about it mm. um, more so but no, yeah, no. the way he plays with that band is um, I think he allowed the band to do more of what they were capable of doing sure. in terms of like uh, actual like technically like technical abilities that maybe John Theodore couldn't really
2: keep up with. Yeah. but John Theodore just has the feel and the funk. Well, I mean back to Joey Castillo or is it Castielo or Castillo? Castillo. I would, I would say, I'd say, say Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. Joey Castillo. He I mean what so what do you love about him, Andrew? Oh, he's an, an animal. Pick. Yeah. And,
0: uh, I just like the white the parts he wrote for with Queens It's just yeah. like,
2: it's like a perfect fit. Perfect. It's like, you know,
0: wasn't wasn't too much of a hero but just played
2: like really bad, badass <laughs> <and> he, <laughs>
3: I like that. It wasn't too vulgaris.
2: much of a hero. Yep. Yeah, just like straight to the fucking Dude, point. watching him live is just it's just so much conviction and yeah that's a that, i mean that's some meat and potatoes that's right potatoes yeah. right there for sure yeah I, I dig that guy a lot
0: but the shit he's playing now with uh what is it oh zach wild um yeah uh, zach sabbath have you seen yeah. the other band <laughs> leans he leans into, into that he plays oh, in like a the punk, punk band, band? yeah uh, those Sh- shows trash are
2: talk. so cr- yeah trash- there's like no let's stage watch, let's watch some of that shit yeah his that, instagram is the shit yeah it's just like the crowd is all over the band Yeah, dude.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah. that looks fun. Objectively fun. He's got a cool, like, way he plays, too. It's pretty original. You know, this makes me think of his, uh,.
1: I mean, they don't sound like him, but it just kind of made me think about it for a second, is Every Time I Die, and um, wonderful to have Goose playing drums in Every Time I Die.
3: Yeah, I know.
2: Good for him, man. That's so cool. That's some big league shit, man. That guy deserves it, man. It's fucking awesome. He better like touring a lot, because they always tour. Yeah. I mean, that Every Time I Die is one of those bands that... Whether you like him or not. If you're a rock guy, you have to take your hat off to him. Oh, they're the baddest. They're just the baddest. They've been around forever. They never take a break. Not really. Yeah. They're just road dogs, man. <laughs> Look at this shit. Yeah, this is the video. <laughs>
3: Woo! God
0: <laughs> he as fuck
1: God, he's, he's the shit That's a uh as a mid 30s adult i uh, am afraid of shows like that now. <laughs> no kidding i'm all set on those shows yeah. man i'd maybe be there but i would definitely be in the back yeah i'd, I'd be up on the, <laughs> the balcony watching
0: yep yep speaking yep. of queens of the stone age didn't you get puked on james at uh the roseland <laughs>
2: sure did <laughs> from
0: the balcony someone puked on you
2: dude that that <sighs> night sucked ass I forget what else had happened. Something else was like just not going. They had right. pretty
0: rowdy shows. Yeah, Just a beer drinking crowd, man.
2: I was right around the merch corner at the Roseland, and then I just happened to step out just a little bit, and someone puked directly on me. <laughs> now, yeah, I remember because I was thinking about buying a shirt, <laughs> and then I was like, "Nah," it was like fifty bucks. I don't want to buy one. And then I stepped out, and the bitch puked all over my back <laughs> and so i was like yep yes, i'm buying the shirt took off my shirt in real time and bought a band shirt <laughs>
1: wait what's that video joey. what's Zach the handle Seven. the joey c okay. yeah the joey c it's like a 14 by 26 <laughs>
3: yeah kick drum Pick Trump.
2: Zach Wilde, that guy's got some ugly guitars. And a really ridiculous voice. Uh, He's a badass, though. Um, They uh, played, what's their name, the band he's in? The big can't Black Label Society. mm -hmm. They played at the Crystal Ballroom. And, like, I wasn't a, I'm still not a huge fan of him, but you couldn't, like, deny it that night. I mean, he's just, it's so fucking metal and badass. and I mean, they tore the place down. Uh,
1: I also wanted to say, because there's a lot of talk about the Midwest scene that we were all influenced by so much. And then, um, obviously, Gherkin's a big talk when it comes right. to Shiner. Um, He's coming on the show soon. <laughs> I love me some Tim Dow. Okay. that
2: I was just going to say, like, let's move on and say a ne- another one. That's literally on my list, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that I Tim Dow say.
1: might be a, a top five guy for me. It's, it's, that's a close one. So tell the people who he is. Tim Dow was the original drummer for Shiner. And um, he was the drummer that we saw the first time we were introduced to Shiner, uh, which was opening for Hum when we were little youngins. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he just has this uh, mechanical approach to his drumming. Um. Yeah.
2: So, like, clinical. And that whole Lula Davinia era, and that's all him. That cr- this beat right here my life as a housewife
1: yeah there's a lot of cool guitar playing in the mm-hmm. band during this time but you know he was like playing a lot more like dirty muddy chords like he's playing here
2: and so much of the song is just based around his drumming here Andrew I'll play it from the side I want to play that beat real quick yeah you know. alright this song from Shiner is called my life as a housewife with the drummer Tim Dow check it out It's still so crazy that intro. One more time. One more time. <laughs> so
3: good. So what's so funny and is like, that up as a kid
1: song. hearing that, I was like, "How could you ever do that?" Like, who, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't learn how to play that drum beat. And Crummit yeah, no. uh, learned how to play it. He was the first one that ever learned how to do it because mm-hmm. he. Um, as far as I know, he, he learned most of that album um, when he was taking drum lessons when we were kids. Yep. And he was, like,
2: learning how to read and transcribe music. Crumman uh, is a sneaky drummer. Because you forget how good he actually is. Yeah. It's, it's, he, doesn't, he
1: doesn't use it anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. doesn't like... I mean, even, like, it, it's... Even when he was doing crashings and stuff, there was a lot of really cool things that he'd do in there, but he was playing just more rock at that right. time. He wasn't pulling out some of, like... Oh, he, he can hang... Cool tricks, um, but what you find out about that drum part later on is that it's just about the actual sticking. Like you have to just—it's like, commit to it. Yeah, you have, it's like you, you maybe you turn around from what you are used to doing, and as long as you can start to incorporate different sticking patterns than you're yeah. used to, um, then you can figure it well, out.
2: Josh, we've talked about this a hundred times, but d- drumming has always been to me in a lot of ways similar to skateboarding in the way that it's like it's so physical, but You know what I mean? It's like, it's all about like doing a fill is very similar to like learning how to do a kickflip or a heel flip. Like it's just about that muscle memory.
1: Yeah. You got to try, you don't, you don't learn how to do a 360 kickflip the first time you try it. No. You're going to probably try that trick 50 times. At least. Yeah. Before you land it the first time. And then it's going to take you. 200 attempts before you land it on a somewhat regular right. basis. maybe not. even. And, the, and you have it to start might take start you 500 small. times. You, <laughs> you know? start
2: with an ollie first, then the ollie over the curb, and then, you know, are yeah. doing 180. And... Yeah, but anyway, that I always thought, like, those kind of beats and those kind of fills, it's very similar. Like, as long as you're committing to the placement of your hands, you know, like the way that you flick off the board with your foot, like, if you do it the right way, you're always going to do a kickflip. You, know, you yeah, just the, learn how to do that.
1: And the thing is, I would say, too, uh, you know, with that analogy is that, when you're first getting into it doing an ollie and just getting yourself to lift off of the ground yeah. is an amazing feeling it seems impossible and much like you know the thing that happens when people sit down they all play the same horse shit drum beat yep <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know
2: why does everyone
1: That's do that? actually like pretty advanced from if it's like the first thing you can play right. cuz like trying to get your hands and your your you know your foot and your right hand to do anything different is pretty impressive but you know once you've landed a kickflip and then you're like okay cool and then once you do the 360 kickflip now you're you've opened yourself up to be able to do yeah any trick that's in the book as long as you can put the time in same thing with drumming once you hit a certain point and you've learned how to do certain fills with muscle memory or certain feels you know, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you can like react in a moment, Totally, you know, when you're playing a show and like maybe pull a fill out that you hadn't
2: done before or try something just to see if you can get there. If you drop your stick, you know, to get back in. And yeah, absolutely. There's, there's one beat that I always say that, um, for me, like really taught me like the meat and potatoes of how to break up your limbs when you like, so the beat drain you. Yeah. You know, do, da, 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 -da 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 but, when I was a kid, I used to think it was where you hit the... Dun, 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 you hit the high your right... Hat. Hand, yeah, yeah the, you hit your hi-hat twice, too. Yeah, you, you don't. don't. You hit it once. It's just the right hand stays doing that... What is that, eighth note? Yeah. Tuh, to tu, 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 the Yeah. Anyway. Det- it, you know, it's kind of hard to explain over audio. But <laughs> <laughs> um... Learn that beat, and you'll, you'll learn how to play some rock drums. But
1: yeah, so Tim Dow. I mean, that guy just has like this very, very... Kind of like clinical play way that he plays the drums, and it. Agreed, um, he's great. It was a big. It, I mean, for me, it was like a big thing because it was like maybe the first time that I was really having to be aware of like knowing what you're playing and playing it the same every time, mm-hmm. and then. Um,
2: and he's all. He was also one of the first guys that I I realized that you can be in a rock band. You don't have to hit super, super hard, fucking hard yeah. all the time. You definitely hit with conviction, but you don't have to. Dave Grohl. All right, I need to piss super goddamn bad. So let's all take a ceremonial piss break, and we'll drop each other off and we'll be back. Back. Uh, uh. I had to pee so hard. Josh, did you pee? So hard. Mm, I peed my pants. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm so lucky.
1: Well, you're just lucky that there's a blanket under me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's right. Andrew, by the way, is a goddamn camel. he will just sit here all night <laughs> and drink 25 <laughs> beers and never pee. I'll pee once while I'm being here because uh, I have the bladder of a little girl. Lil, little camel boy. That's mm-hmm. your rap
1: name dude lil, lil camel oh lil camel boy
2: <laughs> Come at you. lil lil camel what's with all the lils With rappers know. right now you know i'm i don't, like I don't I really lil Pump. i don't like yeah, talking
1: about current rap music it makes me it's so bummed so fucking i know there's a bad. lot of good stuff that's going well, of on of course there, but man little I hate zanny what's
2: fuck that fuck that buck tooth fucking face tatted Dweeb.
1: What a shitty face for a generation of no music kidding, listeners, man. man. Yeah, really L- Lil Pump, Seventeen nah, year
2: old kid, nah, the Rainbow. It. You know what? I'm
1: actually my big thing. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Is like, Not some maybe. of them are maybe gonna, none of them are gonna survive rap. Like, none of them are gonna have success. They're going to die. They're all taking careers. fucking
2: painkillers and Xanax. But for me,
1: the thing I like to know is that most of them are going to end up being 35 years old. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have spent all their money on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever kind of dumb shit you you spend on it, it, or you
2: spend it on, and then they're gonna be bummed. Oh yeah, like uh, what was that guy, Lil Peep, who just passed away last year? Do you remember him, Josh? Yeah, and actually, I thought his stuff was okay. Yeah, it was like emo. Yeah, yeah, he was probably the best out of all of them. But yeah, he fucking OD. You know that? You know who's the best out of all of them? Post Malone. Yeah, I don't like his music. I think he's pretty funny. I,
1: I you know I never I didn't hear him so I just really saw it, like his his image and I was just like ugh, but yeah. um I actually was listening to something I was like who's this this is pretty fucking
2: cool yeah. well you have to show it to me because I haven't heard anything that I like oh or... I don't
1: know songs I'm not gonna be like this is my favorite song every time I hear him on and somebody's like this post Malone I'm like damn this guy's probably uh, doing the better stuff out of most of right. all
2: right well uh so we just did Tim Dow um I want to do Billy Reimer. Oh, yeah. That's more of a, a quick, but we can... I like Billy you know, Reimer. Give, definitely prefer the, the Chris non. Penny days of the... Uh... But he's a young motherfucker. He's so good. Yeah, he is so good. And he's definitely got a, a future ahead of him. Oh, yeah. He pretty much can point and choose whatever project he wants to plan at this point.
1: But I don't know if I actually think that I like Chris Penny more in Dillinger or uh, Gil Sharone. I, I think they're all I think, just different. My jam for when it comes to Dillinger.
2: I think Gil Sharon was good for that record. Was that Iron Works? Again? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Billy Reimer was good for the end of Dillinger. I don't. That's kind of how I see that band. Like, I don't think Chris, is Chris Penny. Chris Penny, yeah. I, uh, you know, he was great for that era. I just, I'm not sure if he. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing, know. though. It's that's hard, where it gets so tough. To is that. like
1: he really is an insane drummer when it comes so to what he did in Dillinger.
2: What do you think that was the best music he did with Dillinger?
1: Um yeah he played in Coheed and Cambria after that for right. a long time and um
2: I like the the original
1: Coheed drummer. That guy's cool. The yeah, open hanger. Yeah. Um I love the Guilderone stuff when he gets more into like his reggae yeah, side of his playing cuz that's kind of good. his main deal. W kind of, yeah. But man the stuff he did on Ironworks is very 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 cool.
2: Yeah, I he's amazing. And I hadn't even really heard of him until Either you told me about him or found him. You know who he plays for now? Band. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Oh, dude. that's right. That's a great fit. Hopefully, he's treated well. Cause oh, I talk agree. about drummers. You guys
1: are <laughs> talking about... Um, shit. God, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Um, the guy that played for Nine Inch Nails during like, the Fragile tour?
2: Yeah. That, Andrew and I love that guy. Uh Dylan. Uh, Drum Dylan. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, he, he had a charm. <sighs> oh, man. I love that his fucking His style tour. of playing so underrated.
1: It was so fucking cool. So cool. Like... Yeah, that it's kind almost, of like lanky, like cool lanky yeah. drummer guy thing, but like his like Hey I don't Pig. Even know how do explain it? Or you know, like during like Hey Pig, right? Right.
2: That Super drumming
1: crazy. is beautiful. Um, but man, beautiful. You guys yeah, are, he was uh, really, really crafty. Uh, what's what's Homeboy's name that plays for him now? Elon Rubin. He's, Elon on, my, Rubin. he's on my list. Man, that guy is
2: unreal. Jesus,
1: he's good. Talk about a drummer hitting hard. He's the only drummer oh, that God. hits o- uh, overly hard that I actually really love the way that he plays. Does
2: he always play open, Josh?
1: He always plays open, yeah.
2: D- uh, describe what open means to those who don't open know. Open hand would
1: be um, a band that was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> That's not the band. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: English uh, translation for karate.
1: Um, open hand would be where you approach all your playing. You play right you play like a right. You set up like a right hand drummer, but then you play your lead and like hi hat and ride and stuff like that is with your left hand instead of your right hand. So you're never. So crossing you actually, over. yeah, you don't cross your hands over. Right. There's a lot of guys that do it. Um, one of my favorite drummers of all time that I was going to bring up would be Carter Beauford from Dave yep. Matthews Band.
2: Yeah, we brought him up last time. I think.
1: Um, I believe. Just a yeah. phenomenal yeah. drummer. Uh, people, uh, people give that band some. I mean, he's one of your favorite guys, right? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Okay. I mean, he would be, I, you know, I think if I was, like, narrowing this down, he's in my top five.
2: Yeah, just because we talked to him last time, I, I want you to talk about him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's
1: just, he just has, like, a really beautiful approach to playing the drums. He's so, like, he approaches it from, like, the song. I think he, like, helps to move the songs. Because aside from what I think that people have is like, an image of Dave Matthews' band, like, I actually am a big Dave Matthews' band fan. Yeah.
2: I, li- I like, I'd say, like, 20% of it, yeah. A lot. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, 20% what I don't really like. like is the... the. Um, like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Kind of I don't like the Birkenstock cargo shorts fucking hippie thing they do. Yeah, but, but that's like, really the audience. That's not you
1: really know, they've place. got some pretty crazy stuff. And <laughs> Dave Matthews himself is a very, very cool guitar player mm-hmm. and, like... If you can f- sit there and think about oh what he's doing god. on guitar versus what he's doing on vocals, that's right. Not to mention the
2: how bass player, the bass player. Oh my god! And that weird fucking fiddle player guy that plays a fiddle that isn't really like playing a fiddle. Yeah, you're like, uh, plucks it a lot. I guess that's how you describe it. Yeah, Car- Carter Buford. He's the so man. what
1: you know part of the thing that Carter Carter does that's so neat is that um, he's got his ride cymbal right there that he's playing on right now that has the bell and then next to it I don't know if right now he has it next to it but for a long time he was using a flat ride which doesn't have a bell and it gets rid of like the pinginess of the cymbal and it's just is all just shimmery wash so instead of a ride sounding kind of like ting 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 ting, ting it just goes right it's like just a kind of like sound
2: make that sound one more time <laughs> okay, did you get it Andrew alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he yeah, would he be
1: doing hi-hat syncopated hi-hat patterns on top of that ride and so right. it would have this like underlying kind of wash that was going behind yeah. his hi-hat pattern and that's a really major technique that he would use yeah he's,
2: he's the fucking man
1: um a little bit dorky, for sure. You know, you don't got to wear a racing jacket to play drums. or Sure don't. You know, the second yeah. I see a drummer put gloves on, I'm gloves a little on. bit disappointed.
2: It's a little, a little much.
1: But number a little 41. Breeze. Okay, hang on. The vid- There's a fill that he does in this where he goes around his toms.
2: The song number 41. This
1: song, right yeah. here in this video, right here. Oh. <laughs> oh so crazy. I'm gonna rewind that one again, real fast. <laughs> I do that one more time. And it's like a, it's a you know it's right hand kick pattern to give it like a real fill feel, like a roll feel. See, so his left hand's playing that um, ride, mm-hmm. so he could do the syncopated hi hat stuff.
2: Yep, that's right. If anyone wants to look this up, just type in Carter Buford on YouTube. Number Forty One is the name of the song.
1: Yeah, this is actually from his drum DVD that he released.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he used to play this all the time. Yeah, he's so clean. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is he even doing? (laughs) Look
4: at that (laughs) slow-mo. (laughs)
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, Dude, they get heavy when you slow them down. A down, Crashing to me. Man, have you guys listened to those all those pop songs slowed down? Uh, no, they'll like, I think so. they'll sl- like slow them down like five times or something like that. Oh, yeah, and they yeah. just yeah. get huge. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's very cool
2: let's uh let's do a couple honorable mentions let me I'll I'll wrap it out a few and then you guys can okay Stuart Copeland Dope fuck. huge fan of him uh I think I said this last time but just in case I didn't Alan Cage of Quicksand he's New personally York one of my favorites yeah just a pure badass um Chris Robin the drummer of Far oh yeah you guys didn't bring him up last time I no. thought about that yeah right fucked up um, so that those open are my, hand
1: drummer as well those are my quick ones what do you got Josh so, um, one that you guys, you know, you're talking about like that kind of bottom feel a little bit with Gherkin last time. I think you maybe said something like that, or I just said it this time. I don't remember, but, yeah. um, you know, this isn't a favorite drummer of mine necessarily, but, um, at this point, I guess that doesn't matter. Um, but Rob Smith from the band Train Dodge yeah, is another Midwestern sure. band that this guy know, is so f- powerful. Like, there is nobody that plays rock drums like this guy. He okay. hits so hard, and he just has this, you know, balls, ballsy sound, and then he kind of has this bottom kind of feel. Um, two guys that I really would bring up... Um, so I, I get into a lot of clinical drummers. Jojo Mayer, Damon, yep. or, uh, Benny Greb... Um, Antonio Sanchez is a kind of clinician, but he's also like a famous jazz drummer. Um, those are all guys I love, but okay. um, you know, one, one of my favorite drummers, and I think this came for me like way later into their career. I mean, I didn't get into them much earlier in their career, but um, Phil Selway from Radiohead. Yeah. Is. Amen. I don't he hear that is often is enough. the, he is just a Unreal. beautiful player. Like he does it is, drive
2: you crazy when people say that he's not a good drummer?
1: Oh, he's a phenomenal drummer. It, it's it drives welcome. me a little bit crazy, but I think I what people don't think about is how much he, they his, his, his drums are affecting like how the song comes across. Oh, for sure. Um, and his drum tones, um, again, so, you know, two guys that's going to kind of lump together for me that have a, a similar thing is, um, Phil Selway and then Jimmy Laner, the um, drummer from Tristezza. Yep. Um, they both have these just good. crazy drum tones and every record you'll hear eight different, completely different drum sounds. Yep. Um, and they have this cool push and pull that they can do uh, that I think kind of lends to the bands.
2: And both of those guys... Are you talking about Phil and him? Yeah. Drummer, Radiohead, drummer, Tristezza. Both of those guys... Um they play in a genre that's not supposed to be a genre in which like we would say, you know what I mean, like we wouldn't pull that genre and go like those drummers are rad. Yeah. Cuz it's like such a chill different kind of genre, but uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's not like the stereotypical genre that you would think a rad drummer would exist in. I guess is what I am saying. Okay,
1: so I want to give my last two sh- um, you know, if, if anyone's listening to this at all and they want to maybe hear some really neat drumming that um, that I think needs attention, um, there's two bands that um, have been huge influences for me, um, both from just like a technical playing standpoint, as well as just pushing a little bit of boundaries on an instrument sometimes would be um, a band called Aiming for Enreich. They're from Norway. Um, Drummer's name is Tobias and then some letter that I can't pronounce. (laughs) Um, But uh, they're an instrumental duo. um, A lot of loop, a lot of loops um, to the point that I the kind of looping that happens on a guitar that you're you you either can do it or you can't. Right. Um, And then um, a band called Dawn of Midi uh, from New York. And they um, are a massively polyrhythmic band. Um, and the drummer, uh, Kasim Nakfi, um, his drumming is, is, I think, some of the coolest drums that have been done in the last five Sweet. years. I'll go check him out.
2: Oh, before I forget, not interrupt you, but before I forget, another honorable mention, the guy from the band Mew. M-E-W. Oh, my God. I did not have him on his list. Right? uh, Yeah. I knew you'd like that one. That guy is so good. In such a weird fucking way. Oh, my God. I love how he plays drums. Oh, my God. He's so good. Yeah, I guess
1: I would put him in a top five.
2: Really? Yeah. I could see that for you.
1: I mean, I think if I wanted to say my top five drummers, and I just we haven't even really said top five, so I'm just going to list my top five. Do it. Do it. Danny Carey. Okay. Damon Che, Damon Um Of course. Um, what the, whatever the hell his name is from Mew. What is his name, Andrew? Um, Can you look that up? His name is Silas, I think. Uh,
0: yeah, you dick or something. Yeah, Silas.
1: Cool. Um And then uh, Tim Dow. Really? He's number four for you? He'd be in my top five, I think, yeah. Wow. Um, and then um, probably fuck god that's hard probably Phil Selway from Radiohead cause it's one of these things like there's all these drummers that I love I, know. I love Matt Cameron how and many like, do you have written down there I mean I've got 20, 25 do a top 10 and then yeah Matt Cameron okay Jason Gherkin okay Brian St. Pierre okay um two more Carter Beauford and I'll say yeah Antonio Sanchez from what band? He's, play, um, he's played in a lot of different j- like, jazz bands, but um, he's mainly a jazz drummer. He's the guy that did um the Birdman soundtrack.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's cool. Uh,
1: And then... Um, he, he actually scored. I think it. I that got one left. Name? I'll say Mark Giuliano, who's a drum uh, jazz drummer as well. Nice.
2: You got any honorable mentions, Andrew? The Life and Times drummer?
1: Yes. That was pretty
0: badass those last couple of shows we saw. Yeah, yeah he's a great... I think his name's Chris Metcalf. He looks like
3: a...
2: Goddamn computer programmer. Yeah,
3: <laughs> he really does, but he's fucking <laughs> solid
2: as fuck, man. Yeah, he's super good. What else? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Nice, man. That's what I mean. It's so tough, man. I, I Cunningham. It's tough.
1: What am I supposed to do with him? Like, he's I know like he one was, of my favorites.
2: But. He was in my top five. Oh, man. What did I. I had Dave Grohl, Josh Fries, Ip Cunningham. Um, I don't know who else. <laughs> my other two. Oh, Jason Gherkin I don't know.
1: Like, what do I? What I think that I like Abe Cunningham more than Brian St. Pierre. Do I have to know if I like one of them more than the other? I like them all.
2: Gun to your head. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's try it again. Five, four. <laughs> Abe Cunningham. See, I'll give him. I'll give him. <laughs> That's the, how you decide. The
1: pushover over over, over some humdrums. Only by a. Maybe it's because there's so many more records too. I got so right. much more material that I get to pull from. That's, Mr. Cunningham.
2: That's fair. God, that's so crazy. These guys are so talented. And Brian St. Pierre, like, after Hum, he just went on to just be a normal guy, right? Yeah. I don't think he even really drummed in anything else. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I just, lo- I just
1: love his drumming so much. But Just this uh, yeah. day job guy? Yeah. Woo! God, I don't like thinking of, like, your favorites. Like, what are you supposed
2: to... Oh, it was, like, uh, this weekend with Chino. I, we did this just to fill people in. we did a music conference me and neil went down to this music conference down in bend and on the panel one of the speakers was chino from deftones um and uh they were talking about how like a lot of people in bend don't know who he is <laughs> like they have no idea he'll, he'll go walk the street with this guy that booked the the festival his name's john and it's just that's just so crazy to me like i would know him from 20 blocks away easily Right, world, yeah. world, international rock star. But to all these fucking, you know, good old boys in Bend, Oregon, they had no idea who he was. And anyway, he—I guess he was getting his haircut from some old timer at a barbershop for the because he's lived there for five years. And uh, this guy John, who gets his haircut there too, that the, the old guy was like, "Yeah, so that your friend Chino, you called him I think like." uh Gino at first and he's like you mean Chino <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> I heard he's like he's like he's in a really big band he's in this really <laughs> big rock band and John's just like yeah he's in Deftones bro <laughs> like, anyway, that's just so weird to me that these people go on to just do normal guy shit like Brian C- Brian St. Pierre went on to just work a normal job yeah, clocking in, nine to five. You're shaking hands with this guy, and you don't know that. Yeah. I, remember,
1: I remember hearing when he, like he was the guy, the breakers was the best drummer of all time. I was uh, just doing like I work in finances or something for
2: an yeah, auto company. <laughs> raising a family, just a dad. Yeah. All right,
1: I work at uh, the uh, the um, the I uh, sell so refrigerators or something like yeah. Tim
2: Dow went on to be like a he sold uh, he did like worked for Marlboro cigarettes or something for a while. <laughs> hey man, gotta pay the bills. He moved, to, he moved to Los Angeles to not play music.
1: <laughs> I'd like to um, add something on real fast Just yep. that I, I didn't get to say As to like one thing I really wanted to point out For people that are interested in like hearing Something they've never heard before uh, That band Don and Mitty um, They have a record It's called Dysnomia And it was recorded once And Scrapped mm-hmm. because It was not necessarily The kind of the, the Direction they wanted to put out to show, like, what they were attempting to do. And I think it was a year and a half later they were able to actually go in to record what they ended up doing, which is, these are guys are all jazz musicians. Um, they're all, eth- you know, ethnicity-wise, they're all from cultures that are very, very, very profoundly uh, polyrhythmic in their playing. Um, Moroccan, Indian, um, and... The record, Dysnomia, is one long piece that's broken up into, I think it's eight sections, and it's recorded note for note what they have written, and I think they, and it's, a, it's recorded live. And I think they wrote it out, wrote this music, and then notated note for note what they wanted to do, and then rehearsed it so many times, 50 times or whatever, wow. as one single run-through Holy to shit. record. That's so um, cool. And I saw yeah. them live. It was at, kind of pretentious, but it was um, pretty fucking cool. Well, if you listen to the record, it, you'll what you'll he- get from it is that it's like a test of endurance and precision. And it's not – for me, I don't take it as like, oh, cool, you guys are showing off. I take it as like you're challenging the way you can play music mm-hmm. beyond anything I think I personally heard. Um, but I saw them perform that at Mississippi Studios and never seen anything like it. Um, the nice. piano player basically plays keys and then reaches his hand into the piano to, like, mute strings. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if if you want to give yourself a chance to hear something, uh, it is also a test of endurance for yourself to listen to. It's, like, I think it's 46 minutes. Fuck yeah. Um, sit with it. I
2: love it. That's some music snob shit that I can get into. It. it is something. Hey, this is a very random question, Josh, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. But we, me, and you saw a show years ago, and I don't remember what the show was. I don't remember who the headliner was, but I'll, I've tried to think of who this band was for years. The opening band was so bizarre and, like, I guess prog would be the word, but like really experimental and kooky and like circusy at points. And one of the guys literally had put my water down. He he had a Like a wooden a wheel with spokes on it and he was playing the he would spin the wheel and have like a stick in the spokes yeah like make that sound you does that ring a bell to you at all no (laughs) you were there and we were both looking at each other like what the fuck are we watching i may have been intoxicated it's entirely possible god damn it i thought you might be able to know i may not have cared and i may have like walked out and i'll never know who this man was i will never know
1: you don't know music that venue. was one of
2: the instruments it was a mic'd up spoke <laughs> mic'd up wheel you don't remember the venue though i want to say it was like the one of the weird venues at psu like where we saw dead prez man i really um, want to know what you are talking about now
1: <laughs> i might have even hated them then and then i would love them now
2: yeah i mean we kind of hated them wouldn't that but be we something? loved them you know who we didn't like when we first saw him was far i also hated the blood brothers too yeah. That is fucking cool, too. He oh, is cool. Tony, no, something, what's his name? Something Indian, Pakasali. Yeah, that guy's a badass. All right. Let's move on here. That was a good drum segment. Uh, every week, Josh, I do a movie pick of the week. As mm-hmm. you know, I'm a huge movie buff. This week, I'm going to pick Hell or High Water. It's by the same people that did the movie Sicario. Have you seen that, Josh? To Sicarios, Hands Down, one of my favorite movies. This is pretty pretty close behind it. Not not as good as Sicario, but definitely good. Um, I guess you describe it as like a modern western. Um, yeah, it's a story two brothers who have to do some criminal shit. To I won't ruin the whole thing, but they basically have to. They're forced to do some criminal shit to save their family uh, for financial reasons and it's based in, like, the middle of nowhere, Texas. Uh, Jeff Bridges plays one of the, like, old-timer Texas ranger cops that has to hunt them down. Super rad movie, really good soundtrack. And, again, Hell or High Water. Play that shit, Andrew.
4: Come Hell or High Water. Get the money to the bank on Thursday. Yeah.
1: I will certainly... Fuck yeah. Watch that.
2: Yeah, it's it's super good. Hell or high water, check her out. And also watch the curio, Josh. Let me know what you think. All right. Um, we'll do a couple more things, Josh, with with you, our special guest of the week. <laughs> I have a would you rather, guys.
1: What do you got? Oh, I love a would you rather. Okay. Also, from the one that I heard, um, I think, last, I don't actually, I've been listening to more of your, more of your there's, podcast. There's
2: one that's like the the one everyone talks about. <sighs> um
1: I really appreciated the the pube sandwich or oh. licking the ass of the 30-day-
2: Oh, cool. cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that was an yeah. intellectual question. Um, now, now what do you got? one
1: thing you guys didn't really think about is that if you were deciding between just the pubes or the asshole, like whatever, you didn't factor in the balls and dick on your chin. So let's – hold on. Back on up. The,
2: the would you rather is would you rather eat a, a pubic hair sandwich – a sandwich with a lot of pubic hair or give a rim job to a bum that hasn't showered for 30 days by the way that pubic hair sandwich is from that bum Yeah, which so, i do like yeah that's okay. a nice little um so what did you say we missed <laughs> something about the balls well the problem with it's like it's not just the rim job
1: it's also smelly nuts on your oh did we choose nose.
2: what did we choose Oh, no, I chose a sandwich, right? I think I chose a pube sandwich, yeah. I mean, you have to choose the p- pube sandwich. That's the point. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, I knew that. Chode <laughs> comes into play when you're talking about a man's asshole. All the flavors. <laughs> All the flavors. Not so, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. My wife, my dear, dear wife, and I always have a debate that men's assholes are deeper <laughs> and historically Cabinous. grosser than women's. Sure. I feel like yeah, yeah. women's are more up and present. they're closer to the world they don't go down as far. There's not as much crack to get to the asshole does that make sense like they're like they're ready to be mounted like, are you th- you're talking about the distance from the top of the butt crack um i mean there there's like women more... are gonna have more bubbly butts typically hmm, that's a good point. maybe my theory is off here. Just like, distance
1: like it... distance from the outside world is most likely further away with a woman.
2: Let's let's compare it to like the ocean. There's like a deep abyss, right? Where it's like miles deep and yeah, there's no the, light. Yeah, that's the woman. Well, that's clearly the man's asshole. No. A woman's asshole is bright coral reef with beautiful tropical fish and some light. You can see it. And you can... I think that's
1: just based on
2: sexual orientation. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like your yeah, preference. I guess you're right. <laughs> a man's butthole just seems like the end of the earth to me. Unless Just, he liked men's buttholes. That's true. So are you going with a... No, you're going with a
1: pube sandwich. No, I don't want the nuts and anywhere near my God. face that haven't been washed for 30 days. All so right, I well, will, how, about this, a doubt, how about this, Josh?
2: How about this, then? pube sandwich. Vinicry. Pube sandwich from that same bum, but this bum has recently showered yesterday. <laughs> now what do you got? I oh, would, wow. uh, I would at that point
1: do the rim job, probably.
2: Oh <laughs> just get it out of the way Now we're getting to know some Think about
1: Think about Hang on a second So I mean So I guess you guys discussed Like maybe that you could just Slop on the mayonnaise or whatever To help kind of get it all down yeah, No matter yes, what There will be So Like you get one Ugh. Tiny Tiny Fucking hair in your mouth Dude, gonna, oh, you're gonna Or your throat barf. And you
2: <laughs> you're, It's over It's
1: like your life is ending <laughs> Your you're life is ending You're you not, have to pick, capable of doing anything pick, pick But dealing teeth? with that oh, God. Like your throat <laughs> like clo- your throat's clo- closing up imagine all of it being pubes like 600 pubes in your mouth Can you one
2: imagine point. shitting pubes like your your poop so at that point I would, I would choose the teddy bear i would just get bird. it out of the way
1: i mean if i had to choose one on that point it was a clean but cleanish and yeah i mean clean whatever okay I don't know. God. Yeah. You know uh, hey, what? Yeah, first no, I there's no winner. I think I just do the pubes <laughs> sandwich still.
2: I know. <laughs> I think you just bear down. You do the pubes. Cause I feel like there's less therapy. Can I put peanut butter
1: do. on peanut butter, peanut butter, mayonnaise pickle and pubes sandwich. Oh my God. No, yeah, you love. can do that. We'll yeah, give you I got that. It. Oh. I got enough things masking that flavor. Okay.
2: Now, did you hear the, would you rather, this isn't mine for today, but we'll go back to one that Alan Ashcraft gave us. Um, Make sure I get this right, Andrew. Would you rather... Would you... What is it? Would you rather... Oh. Oh, would you rather have to watch your parents have sex every day for the rest of your life or join in one time?
3: Oh. <laughs> That's oh. the ultimate would you yeah, rather. that really is.
2: That's that the ultimate That people, bro. <laughs> I've heard... My family have, like, debated this at nausea. I've heard grown-ups just like, well, have you considered this? And have you considered that?
1: You know, how long your parents last them, you know?
2: Well, you tell me. I mean, my thing with that, I guess, is that... Really um, think about this. Today. What did you do today?
1: No, I guess here's my thing. At some point at today... Some point, I'm, not, I'm not going to drive over to watch it, but if, like, if every day... There was something I was doing, and they're like, all right, Josh, you got to come You got to come in. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a, a you know, they're going to go for, what, three minutes? Right, Maybe. So I see it one
2: time. Who cares? They I can don't. go for 30 seconds. I'm just what saying. What have to do with could be, It could <sighs> be. Join it one time, and it's done. I know. You're but, done. You get a free life after that. I know, but what does this mean when you <laughs> Suck your dad's in? dick. You do whatever. Oh, in... God. Wait, did I just throw that in there? You need to sleep? <laughs> So, so, like, my thing is, like, you Don't see it, it one
1: time at that point. Like, if it if it's, like, you know, I take a shower every day. Yeah. Now I just, like, oh, I got to see that every day. got to watch like, my parents fuck At least I, I didn't have to suck my dad's dick. Yeah.
2: So is that what you're choosing, Josh? On, on microphone?
1: As long as they <laughs> came to me,
2: I would watch my parents fuck every day for the rest of my life. And there stuff. it is. There it is. Good job, Josh. All right. And let's do the would you rather for today. This is not as good. I can Mm -hmm. open my phone. Um, Can I I think of a would would
1: you rather that would stump anybody?
2: Okay. Josh. Joshua James Northgate. Would you rather have to dive into a pool of snot once a day or (laughs) always have to shower in your own pee? Jeez. (laughs) 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 Mind. You want to read it again? By the way, look at that wave file on my lap. It's
4: yeah. <laughs> like a
1: mountain. Gorgeous.
2: Would you rather have to dive into a pool of snot once a day or always have to shower in your own pee? I
1: mean, shower in your own pee, man. Sterile?
2: Always? <laughs>
1: I mean, you're gonna have to. So what? The 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 flip side of this is that you dive into. Oh, I guess once a day, yeah. A pool of boogers. Snot, and not just boogers, but yeah, like oh, snot. God, oh, snot. that's disgusting. Man. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's. Is it, mm, is it your yeah. own? Is it your? Would it be like essentially your own snot?
2: Yeah, we'll say it's your own snot and it's your own Pete.
1: Yeah, so I would d- dive into the the snot every day. And then take a shower with real, just normal, clean water.
2: Oh, so you're going to the snot? Yeah, I think I would. Because
1: I'm assuming okay, you we'll don't switch. get a shower after your pee shower. That's right. Which means that you have to yeah, spend yeah, every s- day of your life smelling like piss. That's and you're right. you're not going to That's the way to use your brain, Josh. You're literally not going to be able to do anything.
2: You're going to go far in life. <laughs> That's a good way to use your brain.
1: You're going to get kicked out of everywhere. <laughs> you're going to get arrested at some point for
2: just... Okay, fun. let me switch it up. What if you had to dive into a pool with someone else's snot once a day? I would still choose a snot. And someone else's pee? You still, uh, I guess the... Yeah, I don't want to Yeah, I pee, guess your you know, reasoning sticks to that. All
0: right. What about you, Drew? Yeah, you got to shower off the snot, so you can jump into the snot. Okay, yeah, you can shower I'm, it off. You
2: plus,
1: I was going to go with pee I mean, first. It might feel kind of cool. Say that again. Like, what's that place? Float, um, uh, where you like, f- <laughs> like float up, yeah, sensory deprivation, something like that. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. You might just. oh, This is great. Like, what are so they going to put you in? Like, what if, what if you end
1: up like um, having a travel, like what, are, like in the alien movies or some shit? Like,
2: yeah, they're in a that kind of substance. Yeah, like the Matrix or something. Like yeah. Okay, what if the pool instead of oh, snot? God damn it! Instead of snot, it's cum. Bukaki. It's it's literally I mean, else anything.
1: Cum. I mean, maybe other than shit.
2: Hey, what about poo poo? Diarrhea, poo poo, liquidy poo
3: poo. While you could definitely nah, clean off after, the reasoning that, you still You are matters. going
1: to be throwing up so much that you'll die. You could die. <laughs> yeah, it might, it might also be... yeah, you would just probably die because you would. Yeah, you'd be. Yeah, in...
2: <laughs> that's a th- okay. All right, pool <laughs> snot. there. We go. All right, Andrew. Let's do some current events. Speaking of shit, oh my God, have you seen this, Josh? Oh my God, so funny, dude. Oh, hold on. I want to play this on her,
4: though,
2: man. Okay, so good for her, though, man. Um, I forget the name of what's the name of the coffee? It's a Canadian coffee shop, Tom Hortons, something like that. A late, uh, like a methy homeless lady or something comes in, asks her to use the bathroom. They say no because you have to be a customer to use the bathroom. She's freaking out. She's like, Let me let me shit in your bathroom. Okay, yeah, not good for her, then. Fuck her. So she says, fuck you. She clearly, per the video, takes a massive poopoo, a gross, gross poop on the floor, then picks up the poop and throws it at the barista across the counter, then grabs a napkin, wipes her ass with that said napkin, and then throws that at the barista, and then sort of just leaves. It's hardcore. Some chimpanzee shit.
3: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) If you notice, there's
2: people in the back just like, can you imagine being there? You hear this commotion, and then, like, oh, my God, oh, she's doing Tim Hortons. That's right. Damn. Weird, right? Oh, watch, and you hit, see it hit the floor. Dunk. Oh. God.
3: <laughs> Damn it.
2: <laughs> I think my favorite part is actually when she's, like, yeah, when she's cleaning, cleaning. up, yeah, and her pants are still down. She fucking leave? She's, like, yelling. Did they find that bitch?
0: I assume so.
2: Yeah. you would. You would assume so. Well, that's the talk going around town right now. Lady throws poop at coffee shop is <laughs> what you can find on YouTube. <laughs> All right, what's, what else you got, Drisky? That's a good one. though. We got a
0: Terry Gilliam's three decade Don Coyote Holy Odyssey shit. is actually finally being at, premiered at Cannes this year. Wow! Nice. After like twenty nine years since he had financing for it.
2: How old is he? He? How old is he? How old is Terry Gilliam now? I have no idea. It's got to be seventy plus. I'd imagine. There's a, a rumor I've heard that there's a documentary about that movie about the <laughs> like, you know, the most disastrous film set of all time or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's crazy. But I guess he finally finished it. It's coming. It's uh, premiering oh, in of cans. The it's hot as fuck. Did you hear about the uh, Nine Inch The tickets. What they're doing for that? They're doing a physical world pre sale only, which means I get to go in line and you get up to four tickets. But you can only purchase them in person. Really? <laughs> yeah, isn't that awesome?
2: That is so great. Throwing I mean, that's a pain the in the school, ass. It really is. But but that makes <laughs> what? What does that do? It helps with scalping and shithead yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. The ticket sellers, right? But uh, okay, so okay, read that again. So the f- promise: you, Princey's an actual human being, show up at the box office, interact with a ticket seller another actual human being and purchase up to four tickets that will actually be handed to you on the spot.
1: Yeah. Like we used to do yeah. when we have to go to ticket yeah, yeah. all the time and stand outside.
2: Yeah. Nine Inch Nails has always been about bringing people together, living life to the fullest in good times.
1: Yeah. Something needs to change, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a real problem. Dude, Scalpers and reselling tickets like that. It's just, I mean, it's like, there's a part of me that doesn't have a problem with, the reselling of the ticket, as long as, like, to that one person. Before, yeah. I mean, my thing is, is, like, if one dude or lady is able to purchase four tickets online and then wants to sell them later on. That's right. And does it it's in different. the same legal manner as everybody else, that's fine. But when it's based around a ton of computers and a yeah, space that are just all doing 200 it tickets. automatically right. yeah. and just eating all of them up, that's... Right, right away, real fast. Because yeah. of the
2: band, they have no control over that, like... That sucks for their fans cuz now you have to pay whatever that price is to, to make sure you Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure, sure that you... you
1: know every, you know every time they've tried to make any um, set any rules to be able to help offset that a little bit and they're like, "Oh, only this many tickets per email." Okay, so they just generate a bunch of bullshit emails yeah. or this many yeah. tickets oh, per card. It oh, well, if just, it's online, We just yeah. generated a bunch of different um, oh, debit great. cards, different accounts.
2: Where are the tour dates? Does it say? Uh, yeah. Um, is there anything around here uh, it's
0: LA and Seattle I believe
2: maybe not Seattle but it's like LA for sure this is the and San fall, Francisco looks like cool yeah December 3rd oh it's with the Jesus Mary chain that's awesome
1: sweet Ooh, road trip boys mm-hmm. god damn that'd be yeah, so big much time. fun
2: we should do that Andrew and I are going to see uh D'Elia in October hell yeah yeah he's
1: coming to uh, Revolution Hall yeah, you should come with us, man. You guys already get tickets?
2: I did, Me, I got
1: me and Andrew tickets, yeah. Oh, you couldn't just buy one extra one like <laughs> you're supposed to do so at least somebody else can get one?
2: Sorry, bro. It's my gift to him for doing everything for free. all No, know. I don't think they're a actually
1: um, seated. To, or they're seated, but I don't know. It's think. a
2: general mission, yeah. But it's yeah. General
1: mission, but seated. There is isn't assigned seating. Yeah, so, so I think to get I there.
2: Think. Yeah, so, but get a ticket, and we'll just get there at the same time. I would absolutely love to see that guy again. You liked it? Oh, it was phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah, because I always thought his, like, like uh, podcast stuff and stuff was always funnier than his stand-up. But mm-hmm. I keep hearing from everyone that his stand-up's gotten, like, just bananas. Yeah, he's yeah what's funny. that
3: one?
1: What was that? Yesterday was... Yesterday, the day before, was the one year for Chris Cornell's death? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean. it was, like, last week, yeah. So yeah, read that, one,
0: Drew. One year on from the tragic loss of Chris Cornell, and God. his incredible music and legacy continues to captivate and inspire.
2: Man, oh, man. Isn't that crazy, it's year? <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: Just last week, sometime. My God. Fucking Christ, man. I still can't believe it, man.
2: That's that's one, like, you know, when Robin Williams died, I think everyone was just like, Jesus Christ, that sucks. He was, like, so beloved, you know? Damn genie. But, (laughs) damn genie. Is that an Aladdin reference? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, you know, anyway, for us, like, Chris Cornell is just such a huge, I don't know, just so influential for so many people. And and that one sucked. Like that really fucking surprised me. You don't think of that guy ever dying. Like, not only is he not supposed to commit suicide, he's just supposed to live forever. God damn it! God fucking damn it! God that fucking one damn sucks. it! Man, Fuck. were you the one that told me that? Uh, what's the guy from Lincoln Park? Chester? Yeah. That he he died on the same day as Chris Cornell's. Uh, yeah.
0: On, a, on Chris Cornell's birthday.
2: On Chris Cornell's birthday, and that that is true. Uh, we could check it out. Have you heard that before, Josh? Mm mm. But, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I, I do feel
1: like I actually heard something kind of.
2: see, that's along crazy. Those lines. Yeah, yeah, what a bummer, man. Huge bummer.
1: I'm not a Linkin Park fan um, by even a stretch of the imagination at all. Uh, but, um, you know, that's one of those situations that's like. With Chester, I know so many people that he was like a massive massive part of their life yeah a lot of people in the industry love that guy and Um, like a lot of it yeah i I guess like the industry side of it that he was just like a really 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 great guy um who you know maybe made some questionable
2: choices as a musician i don't know uh andrew and i did a podcast where we talked about our (laughs) musical guilty pleasures and, oh, I need to listen. To that. <laughs> it's not the worst. And, and and we both admitted that we we kind of <laughs> like some. Like we'll get down with Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. If it's on the radio, you know, we, we kind of like some Lincoln Park. <laughs> so, you know what I do? So What's kinda, up? I turn it off. I turn
1: the radio <laughs> off. Andrew
2: and I turn it on. we go. Oh, cool. <laughs> we turn the windows
0: up. Yeah, Put we the roll windows the windows up, up and then
2: we crank it. Up. You're a Paramore fan, though, right?
1: Oh, I'm uh, not even. I'm not embarrassed by that okay, because that was another one we did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That was a that was a
2: rough episode, man. Oh
1: yeah.
3: We, just
2: to it, we shut yeah, we're, the door we're and a fucking <laughs> embarrassed. We're playing like Taylor um, Swift. Yeah, like a lot of '90s rock, Gin Blossoms. Oh, and, a lot of Gin Blossoms. <clears throat> what are you talking about, Gin Blossoms? You guys listen to more
1: songs than that one? Like you're talking like you guys no, don't like them? Of course just... not.
0: I don't know. Any I celebrate other... their whole. That whole album I don't
1: know I guess that's one of those things I mean I feel like Guilty Pleasures Are really more like This is actually something I do on a regular basis And I you know like You and Third Eye Blind Do it Okay I uh, like Third Eye Blind You I'm and not, Counting Crows not, It's not a guilty pleasure though <laughs> Man what it...
2: Is Counting Crows another one
1: I like Counting Crows Not a guilty pleasure There it is We have it on On tape <laughs> Oh shit <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Forever. I mean, all those bands that we just said, just said right there. Um, b- b- that's where I'm at with like Dave Matthews Band. Yep. Like I actually, they're not a guilty pleasure. Like I actually think they are good.
2: As you said earlier, I am a Dave Matthews Band fan. You said that. Yes. So that's yeah. I'm not making funny. That's that's cool. I, I'm willing to fight Gotta say about it. it too. No, they're they're legitimately good. <laughs> so wants to physically fight me. You got anything else, risky That's it. All right, man. That was a good one, bro. Thanks, Josh. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Real quick, honorable mention. I mentioned earlier that we had me and Neil... Sorry, Neil and I, proper... Neil and me. Neil and me's (laughs) uh, went to Bend to a high desert music conference. And I want to thank John from Red Light Productions for inviting us. That was super fun. Chino from the Deftones is one of the, the panel speakers. We gained a lot of connections and friends. And anyway, I just want to say that meeting Chino... Uh, you know, it's it's so rare that your heroes actually live up to your expectations, and it proves that he still really loves music and he still loves talking to people about music. He wasn't snobbish at all; like he was just so kind and, and generous with his time. So, uh, a huge shout out, shout out, shout out to that guy and the conference. Uh, we got any shows coming up, Drewski? Anything fun? Uh,
0: June second at
2: Lovecraft bar Ooh, with going to so get all uh, dirty Vibre say? Vibre say. correct nice any uh, updates on the gentry same damn near done man. damn near done damn near done 99% or some shit uh, everyone away. go check out the new shelter red single just came out uh, Andrew scorcher dude Andrew directed the video I love it by the way Drew look, turned out great in your face in your face check it out homeboys of ours anything the world should know about Josh mm. tell, tell the
1: world quickly what you do for a living um, I sell musical equipment. I work for Guitar Center. Yeah, but well, um, more than that, I mean, you're not just a, a clerk these days, right? No, I do a lot of uh, sounds. Um, I don't do the actual installation myself, but I design a lot of systems for bars and churches and yeah. schools, stuff like that. And you've you've been with them for a long time, for 13 years. That's yeah, Which, that's crazy. Uh, and Guitar Center years is like 400 yeah. years of noise. Right. I have um, a pretty high turnover rate. Yeah, my brain can't handle it some days, but you know, I can only imagine still kicking. That's rad. Any uh musical projects coming up for you? Um I I have actually something I'm um I've been working a little bit on my own um that I hope to be able to finally finish at some point. I'm a long way away from it, but just my mm-hmm. own stuff. Um taking drum lessons for the last six months um, learning how to like read and write drums better uh, which is like a really really important thing for me at this point in my life Um, I want to just be able to teach myself anything that I ever want to learn which was a limitation I think for me before because I couldn't understand how to read it Um, so that's a little help with the studio stuff you want to do right yeah exactly So Um, so that's like my big motivation right now
2: um
1: but yeah no no real projects in the works with anybody
2: dude you're a rad drummer i need to i need to see you play yeah i play with lauren newman lkn
1: she's um local guitar batter uh, badass shredder she sure is um and you know we don't play often it's been quite a while since we have played but we're chatting a little bit about trying to get a show going um she is super fun to play for that's awesome uh, Andrew actually came out to a show. Yeah, that was a killer show.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was not long ago, right? No, I mean, that would have been like, what? That like was last Tom summer. Was here. With Dante's? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Last cool. summer. I think. Awesome.
1: Um, so that's like the only actual like band I think I, I currently play for if you can call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, just playing music with people's hearts. Sometimes it's hard to get people in the same room and people's lives yeah, change beautiful.
2: so much as we great. get older and, Time. Tony, I, Tony and I got in this room and tried and it was just a disaster. we <laughs> <laughs> were so rusty. Yeah. I mean, that's why it was though. Yeah. I haven't played really in like a year. Yeah. But yeah. Well, cool, dude. Thanks for coming in. That was really goddamn fun. Absolutely. That was fun. Uh, we'll do another one for sure. Whenever you want. I've been thinking of like all the top, I mean, we could do top guitar players too. I mean, I know we're all drummers, but... I would actually... We could um, do that. You If I I
1: could think of an idea... um, Please do. ...that I could be a part of, I would like to maybe um, not have a drummer discussion again because I think that's basically run its course here. Okay. uh, In the one and a half to one... (laughs) Oh, you don't want to do 25 volumes? I think
2: your audience would really like that, Josh.
1: Yeah. Um, I would like to have... An episode they could come back for, um, and we have to have at least, and we have to plan for at least five Would You Rathers piece.
2: Ooh, shit. Ooh. Intense. Ooh. Fifteen Would You Rathers between the three <laughs> Holy moly.
0: That'd be pretty damn fun.
2: Would You Dan Rather should be the name of that episode. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. Get
1: deep into our
2: psyches here. Hey, if you if you say it on air, now we have to do it. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's So we have that. to prepare for that, though. It's a yeah. mushrooms. So we'll say July ish. We'll yeah, back. it's homework time. All All right. time. Right. Homework time. All right.
1: Have your what you would, you know, what would you, you, you rather for each one coming up, but you have a separate little notes folder gotcha. for yourself that's about. So five this each? One. Yeah, five, five each.
2: each. All right, 15 <laughs> total. And that's to be original, goddammit. Would you Dan rather? Or do Dan rather? All right, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the show, guys. It means the world to us. Download, subscribe, leave a review. If you need any stateside business, you can get a hold of me at statesidemgmt on Instagram or at James Ian Macmillan, personal Instagram. Andrew, where can they find you? Don't mind if I drew on Ooh, Instagram. Best Instagram handle in the West. Josh, do you want people to be able to find you? What do you got? Sure, I'm on uh, Instagram. Cut
1: of the North Josh. That's my second, That's second favorite. of the North Josh. At Cut of the North Josh. It's just a little play on my name. I don't know if you guys can figure that out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so is Andrew's. It's Don't Mind If I Do. Get it? It's like Don't Mind If I Do. Get it, guys? Yeah, guys? Yeah, Anyone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! We got a huge guest coming up here. You know who it is, Andrew. I do. But boom boom psh my jerkin. Gherkin my jerkin. Coming up soon. We love you.